Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at las.com slash events. Studios. I'm Brian De Los Santos. You're listening to How to LA, the podcast that helps you connect with community. In the past few months, I've been curious how people stay upbeat or calm when tough things happen. We have to admit that lately, it hasn't been great. Today, I'm going to be talking specifically about what the LGBTQ community has been facing this year. More than 500 anti-trans bills have been introduced across the country. There have been bans on drag shows and even protests here. And the community continues to be attacked. A pride event at a Los Angeles elementary school met with protest and police. In other news, a heartbreaking story to pass along tonight out of Lake Arrowhead. A store owner there was murdered after a confrontation over a pride flag. A sudden explosion of violence between LGBTQ rights advocates and a group of conservative protesters. This chaos unfolding in Glendale as a local board of education was set to adopt the month of June as Pride Month for its schools. Even though the hurtful headlines continue to pop up in the news and on social, queer folks are finding ways to connect and rise above and celebrate each other. Can't be afraid. We got to keep coming out. We got to keep showing up like we are today here at Green Tineda. The folks at the Los Angeles LGBT Center invited me to their first Queer Say event last month. Queer Say is a take on the words quinceañera and queer. The party highlighted Latinidad and the LGBTQ community. The center also honored Valentina, a Mexican-American drag queen from Southeast LA, and Ms. Benny, a trans-Latinx entertainer, and they were applauded for being queer trailblazers. You'll hear from them in just a bit. But first... I wanted to talk about Queer Joy with my colleague, Caitlin Hernandez, who organized an event about just that. The event, Queer LA Live, was sort of a graduation on their reporting on the queer community in Southern California. There was performances, food, dancing, and of course, community connection. So I hit up Caitlin and asked them to talk to me about this year-long journey of Queer LA. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Tell me about what you intended to do with Queer Lay. Oh, that's the big ask. I think with Queer Lay as a, just a, a project in and of itself, like I wanted this to be a space where people could come and feel seen and also connect with experiences that, that they not know personally or have in their lives. So that, at least as an avenue for helping people get to know one another, has been really, really like personally rewarding. I've been really into learning about and understanding, you know, people in like the drag king communities, which has been so fun to, to to get in touch with. A drag king is typically someone who is usually either femme or non-binary that will dress up to have a masculine appearance or, or you know, be in drag as a man. You'll have like drawn on beards. It's really, really cool. What are some of the highlights from learning from the drag king community? 
was one of the things that stuck out to me was when I was talking with this one drag king, uh, Johnny Gentleman. He really impressed upon me about how like drag kingery, if you want to use that word, is like changing the expectations of what drag could be. So like drag queens, for example, tend to be very dressed up, very high femme, lots of makeup, very like a little bougie-ish a little bit. And a lot of drag kings don't like take that same type of vibe. It's a different experience, different way to express you did uh, feature Johnny Gentleman in your live show that you did. It was very cool to see this like project that I've been just working on become like a live event and be on stage. It just felt like a, a nice like transitional moment for me. But also, you know, for the, the guests that we had, like Johnny Gentleman, he did a drag performance. And I think that was huge, like for us as a newsroom to have an, in our space. And also just like a gift. He did this really thoughtful performance about what it was like to come to terms with him being trans and non-binary and like had a very visual display of the kind of push and pull he was experienced between his femininity and his masculinity and it was just it was beautiful to be able to and a gift to see that no hay tal cosa como no binario solo elige uno u otro este peso lo he cargado más por el dolor el dolor de ver cómo mueren And talk about the other performers and artists who were there. So we had a professional dancer, Joey Navarrete Medina. He is a a very known dancer in like the the Latinx spaces here too, and he tends to try to pull his inspiration from his life experience. So his dance was a really powerful moment. Um, where he choreographed against a song that his dad did, that his his dad wrote for him in Spanish after he gave him a coming out letter. Opening up to my dad about myself felt impossibly terrifying at the time. However, looking back, it was a pivotal moment in my journey of self-discovery. And then we also had uh, Maya Salome, who's a poet. She is amazing, and her poetry is I think an interesting way to experience like her own queer joy because that's what the, the event was really about. But it was really cool because, you know, she's someone who like, you know, writes about her average life, like daily life experiences and brings that into her work. So it's not necessarily as explicit as in like directly saying like, this is about me being happy as a queer person, but this is just me being happy as a person and how she expresses that through her poetry. This next poem is called Most Things Are Disastrous. Most things are disastrous, but today your hair was soft. There was an orange candle on in the shower. The sun was kind, though the wind was impatient. You remember to wear a jacket, the black denim on it, kissed the cream lining. Your best friend wore it as she went out to get you dinner. The noodles were perfect, greasy, not too much carrot grated in your scalp. In bed, reeked of coconut. Your nose was pink, eyes sore with reading. Your soulmate made a joke about being in love, and you laughed. If you want to check out Caitlin's Queer Joy event, you can watch it online. Just go to laist.org slash events. Okay, Caitlin, let's switch gears here and talk about some of the other stories you've worked on for Queerlay. You reported on a story about a school in the San Fernando Valley that was trying to ban this book that's LGBTQ friendly called The Great Big Book of Families. Tell me about that. It's been a challenge. Uh, I think it's putting it lightly because not only is this about or connected to like my own identity as a queer person, but also when it comes to gender as a non-binary person, that's like really in the news right now. That's a bit controversial, which is sometimes sad to see. But it's it's challenging because like as journalists, 
we have to write from a fact-based perspective. And so for me, when I'm reporting, that's always where I try to stem from first. Like everybody has their own perspective on things. But we're definitely, and I think at a, a tough time, uh, we've seen kind of like this anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in other states. And I think, you know, for many in California, especially like Southern California, it's felt like very safe, very removed. And But now it's here. And I think that's that's where we are, like feeling scared for your safety and then feeling joy are kind of at the opposite end. So what do you make of that as you talk to people in the LGBTQ community? Uh, I think the opposite ends is such an interesting. Yeah, it definitely feels like that sometimes. I will say, though, from what I've learned from from some folks, at least when we've talked about um, this kind of tension going on between, you know, the world and personal experiences is like just showing up and existing as you are being maybe possibly like, you know, out and open or, 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 you know, transitioning or just being upfront about your pronouns or gender or anything like that. Like they, for what I've heard is like, people see that as a sign of resilience. So just by showing up and existing, like in a way that's a, is a form of joy, not necessarily maybe happiness. Cause it's just like your everyday life, but you aren't hiding your, your, your being open and you're kind of like, I don't know, taking up space. For sure. You know, I've, I've spoken to mental health experts and they've most of them have agreed that like connecting with community and, and, and taking space, you know, whether it's for yourself, maybe your partner, your family, your friends. It's super important to do that in times when you feel like you're being attacked or times where things are just tough. My partner and I, we made friends with our two gay neighbors in, oh, the, hey. in the complex. They're <laughs> awesome people if they listen to this and we, and we love them. But they, they told me something one time that's really stuck with me, that they've made a point to at least once a week hang out with other queer people. And I never really thought about doing life that way. And it just really stuck with me and I think hit me. I was like, yeah, I'm actually not regularly around people who understand my experience or who I don't have to be afraid of of not understanding how pronouns work or anything like that. So I've started doing that more. And I have to say, like, mentally, it's been so nice. It's just like a level of openness and joy where it's like I don't feel judged, even if I'm dancing next to someone who looks like they're the same gender as me or if I'm holding my partner's hands. Like, I don't have to worry about any of that on any level. It's a zero for me. And the kind of peace that brings um, is just it's impossible to, to, to describe. It's just like being able to exist without thinking about it. I actually have enjoyed your journey of you going to these queer parties that are not in WeHo. I've seen you like on your Instagram or I've seen you like, you know, repost something. And I I love that I feel like there's this push to not focus on WeHo or maybe even some bars in downtown LA as the mecca of gay nightlife, you know, because there are other parties, there are other gatherings, and there are other ways to connect with community that's also not, not involving um, drinking. What have you experienced lately with uh, these awesome new parties that I've seen pop up? Some places I've gone recently was Gay Astrology, which is super fun. It definitely skews, I think, a little bit younger in the crowd, but it's a very like open femme space. That's outdoor is really fun, and you can just go there, you know, dance if you want, and hang out with your friends. There are like more pop-up party spaces that are really, really focused on this is for black and brown folks, this is for trans folks, this is for people who may have like disabilities or anything like that. So there's like this really nice push of people trying to create more defined space and safe space 
because you could call anything a safe space, but it all comes down to what like actionable steps are you taking to make it that way. One that's on my radar is, I think it's pronounced Hade. Aziz Amor, I think is one of them too. Hot Pot in K-Town oh, is I huge. Oh, I saw that somewhere. I really want to check that one out. It's just really nice to see like us as a like a broader community embracing like all of the other identities that we share and you know finding space. I think your live event was huge. Um did you feel like you're creating community with Queer Lay Live? I hope so. I, I will say I I was nervous for this event. Uh, we ended up being sold out, which was amazing, uh, for our first go. And I heard from folks after, because um, I like to fraternize. <laughs> and um, they told me, like, very specifically, like, I like the space you're creating. I want to be part of this community. And I just was struck because, like, I wasn't necessarily thinking through the lens of, like, oh, people could meet each other here and have fun. But I definitely saw people, like, make friends with one another. And that was really cool to see. And I'm really excited for it. So my burning question to you is... How do you find queer joy when, you know, life gets hard? And I, I specifically I want to ask about queer joy because I think that's a unique thing that we 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 offer to the world and what we receive. So how do you find that queer joy in your life? I think for me right now, queer joy is by meeting and talking with other people. I've been really fortunate to like be in a position where I have a lot of really awesome contacts that I've met through Queer Lay, but have, are both of like people I look up to in the community. So seeing how they view things and getting to talk with them like just brings me a lot of joy. I also um, have been a little bit on a tattoo binge. Okay, come um, on tattoos. So, yeah, uh, so honestly, that's a little bit of like queer joy for me. Like I, I just got a little equal sign on my arm. Um, so just finding little ways for me to both like be around other people, but also make little statements about who I am and be open about that has been queer joy for me. What has queer joy been for you? Oh, my God. You know, it's interesting, Caitlin, that I've been wanting to do this chat with you f ever since I like, knew you were going to have your live event. And I'm like, we should just talk about being queer just because, you know, it's part of L.A. It's part of our lives. And I recently went to a Jesse Ware show, which was a few weeks ago. And there was a bunch of queers from all walks of life, from all demographics. But at a certain point, Jesse Ware, she breaks out of her like stage performance and then she pops up in the corner somewhere. This is at the Palladium. She starts singing Cher. And she starts singing, do you believe in life after love? And I'm like, okay, like, why am I getting emotional? But it was like the fact that I was like, you know, I didn't know these people around me that were dancing and like singing their hearts out. So it's moments like these that really give me joy. But, you know, I wanted to ask a few other people the same question. So I went to this event that centered celebration and queer culture at the LGBT center called Cuise, a queer quinceañera. But we'll be right back with that and more after this break. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com slash events. See you there. And we're back. I was so excited to go to the Quirceñera, not just because I love a good party, but because this event was the first queer quince that I was going to be going to. This intersection of identities was going to be special, and I knew there was going to be a whole lot of fashions, and honestly, the people did not disappoint. When the folks at the LGBT Center asked me if I wanted to speak to drag queen Valentina, who is known for her work on RuPaul's Drag Race and her Mexican-American art, I obviously said yes. She was being honored at the Queerse, and I had to ask her about her queer joy. So there's a lot of headlines out there that are ugly against the LGBTQ community. How do you find your own queer joy? I live in a French vanilla fantasy, so it's my alternate reality. Um, I manifest a lot. I have a big imagination. You know, sometimes when life is really harsh, fantasy can really save you and give you something to aspire for because for a long time, Valentina was a fantasy and it's become my reality. I'm from um, Southeast LA, grew up in Bell, um, studied in Hollywood magnet program, and I am Mexican-American. I'm the child of Mexican immigrants, working class, right? So all these things, you put them all together and you know, you get the best of both worlds. Hannah Montana, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, coming from a Mexican mother, it's just that's the biggest source of inspiration to my drag and creating Valentina. Um, it's at the forefront of my art. I also caught up with the MC of the event, a fabulous local drag queen with a name that is meant to sound a little naughty, Selena Estides. Yes, you heard that right. <laughs> By the way, Estides is also a reference to Esquites, the Mexican corn street food. She was a contestant on Drag Race Season 15, and her big personality and the way she honored her Latinidad connected with the audiences on the show. How do you find the queer joy that keeps you going? Mm -hmm. Listen, to me, queer is joy. If you're being joyful, that's queer, honey. So we can't be afraid. We got to keep coming out. We got to keep showing up like we are today here at Quintanilla. You know what, what's interesting for me is I never even, I only been to one quinceanera my entire life because also like where I come from, I don't have money. So I'm dressed in a giant quinceanera gown that I wore on the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race season 15. And I got my little ribbon here. You know those, um, how do you say it? Recuerdos. Recuerdos that you get at the parties. You know how they have a ribbon with the date and stuff. So I have one on my gown and it has my sobriety date because I got sober in November 20, 2011, at 21 years old. And without my sobriety, I would not be here today to be able to represent the way that I am, to have art the way that I have art. It's all thanks to my sobriety. So I wanted to honor that um, in this gown, in this way. Now, as I'm learning, as I'm getting older, I'm um, grasping my sense of self with my pride, my culture, my Latino-ness, and I'm bringing it into my art as Selena's titties. So Selena's titties means the world to me because she is my journey of discovering who I am and being proud to represent Latino all around. I also spoke to Miss Benny, who is an actress and artist who was a YouTube star and was also honored at the LGBT Center event. How do you find queer joy when, you know, who you are, how you walk in life is being attacked? 
Um, it's really interesting for me because I started my transition around the time that I feel like a lot of these headlines started to pick up. And so as I was hitting these milestones that I was so overjoyed about as far as starting hormones and starting injections and those things were happening at the same time that my hometown was going through like the worst transphobia they've experienced. So it's been really challenging. The only way that I've been able to really get through it is to lean on my community um, and really remind myself that there are so many people like me and when we're together we create joy that's something that i feel like conservative people are threatened by i want to ask you how you feel you were honored tonight and um specifically i don't i don't see a lot of us in the media right um being lgbtq and latinx um and you bring that you know visibility and you were honored for that so how do you feel I remember as a kid, I was just like, oh, this is gonna be something that I like struggle with my whole life. And I'm always gonna feel like this. And instead, as I've gotten older, I found a lot of power in my identity and of power in the unique parts of me. And actually finding that like, there are a lot of people that feel the same way I do. And so I feel really honored to be recognized in that way. And um, I just hope that I'm able to like, sort of carry that torch forward and continue to be a positive reference for other people who might be in Texas or might be in LA um, to see that like there is such a thing as queer joy um, even if you're currently in queer suffering. <laughs> I also wanted to ask some people attending the event the same question and I heard this one story from the center's chief marketing and communications officer that just made me smile so I want to close this chat on that. Here you go. What is your, what is your name? Philip Picardi. And how do you find queer joy in the craziness of the world? The only place that I find queer joy at the moment is here at the center. We host a senior line dancing class once a week. It's an R&B line dancing class, and there's a gay couple that's been going to it. Um, one, they're both veterans, I believe. They're in their 70s, and one of our social workers noticed that only one of the men dances in the class. And so she walked up to his partner and said, hey, I think your partner wants to dance with you. Why don't you dance with him? And he explained that he couldn't hear the music because his hearing aid was broken. So that social worker took it upon herself to bring him to a doctor's appointment and the center paid for him to get a new hearing aid. And so he just had his first dance with his partner in over a decade. And like, if that's not queer joy and like the most fulfilling expression of like the work that we do um, and why community is important because only we will take care of us, then I don't know what is. That is all from us today. Thanks for joining me to talk about community, connection, and maybe even finding yourself. Share this episode with your favorite queer or just anyone who you love. We'll leave links to Caitlin's queer LA work, including the live event and the show notes. Stay classy, LA. Bye. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other team members are Manga Botel, Emma Jacoby, Monica Bushman, and Erica Washington. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. 
one lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.